When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Uh, before we jump in, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. I, I, I think I've said, I, I think I've gotten it down to about 18 seconds. I can take that thing down. It's unbelievable. We got the new one, still playing with it. It's unbelievable. I love the little, the little um, clip on to your shirt that you can kind of run the machine from. It's awesome. My son loves that one. Um, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're if you're sick of Zoom calls, if you're sick of you know diving everywhere and looking for what you need, our roadmap will help you become a better basketball coach. Um, there's lots of great resources out there, but a lot of them are run by people that are college coaches or do not aren't in like aren't teaching stats all day and then jump into the gym and have to deal with the everyday things 24 7 that a high school coach or a youth coach has to deal with so come over let me help you become a better basketball coach teachus.com let's head off to the podcast you know and then i'll walk into the locker room sometimes and it's like man you know like no one's watching right now but why is all this stuff all over the locker room and then you know, it's like, who's going to, you know, and I, and I, and I think it's so important for culture to build leaders and people, always, mm-hmm. and build players. Yeah. And they don't, and, and coaches always say it, but kids don't know what that means. You know, they don't know what a leader, you know, a leader, not only worries about themselves, but others. Um, and, you know, you're always, you know, you're, you, it, it's how you speak to people. So I, I literally have to teach some of my guys, like, how, you know, how are you communicating with your, with your teammates during the game is going to matter. Um, you know, how you, how, you know, they always tend to be confrontational rather than I said, you can get your point across that maybe Johnny's not boxing out, but it's how you tell Johnny he's not boxing out. And he's like, if you just yeah. yell at him, box out, he's not going to do it. Um, yeah. you know, and then we talk, we, we do all sorts of building things like that in our program, but, um, 
you know, I, I think that's one of the big things for culture for me, at least I want, I want you to know right. what really about. Yeah. Uh, uh, we had a culture in New York that if you got beat off the dribble two times in a row, you had to sub yourself out. And if you didn't sub yourself out, one of your teammates was going to be like, man, sit your down. Like you're killing right. us. Like teaspoon would be like, see, she'll come up and be like, see Rob, you killing us, sit down. Right. So that was a culture that we held each other accountable. And if you're hurting the team, you have to be okay with removing yourself and letting somebody, because if you really want to win, put somebody else. But I was taught that. And th that's what's so important with culture. This is, for me, the reason why we couldn't win in Dallas. And that might get better now that Vicki Johnson's there. Right. The culture, people have to adhere to that. And, and, and if you don't have a culture, and people are running amok. In Dallas, we didn't have a culture. So your culture changes with every coach. And as an organization, it's hard to be consistent if the culture changes every time the coach changes. The culture should remain... The Lakers culture is the Lakers culture with Jenny Buss and the buses. That's their culture. It ain't the head coach's culture. So right. when you when the, when the head coach comes in and creates a different culture every single time, if he has good culture, the organization's on an upslide. As soon as that culture changes, it's, then it becomes a roller coaster. If you adhere to the coach's culture, the organization has to have its own culture that people and the coach adhere to. That's how I feel about it. Or it's really hard to be successful. You can be well, successful yeah. if the coach has a great culture. It's, you can't. It's the whole Pat, you, Pat Riley disease of me too is such a big thing. Like, yeah, it just eat a, it will. I'm telling you, one bad apple just will like it will just eat away at your team too. I, you can just see the culture just disintegrate. I know. I love that. I love that analogy though. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. So tell me a little bit about your book. Uh, I just uh. Uh, finding myself I wrote a book about a memoir about my life and I just think that it's a the book is about basically my struggles and not to say woe is me or my struggles are different than yours is to say everybody has struggles yeah. you know I'm a professional athlete and all you guys are like oh you pro you so lucky you made it but none of y'all know what I had to go through to get here very few people understand how hard it is to be a pro athlete. I know that people see the extravagant side of life, but people don't know that for 20 years, I never saw my family because I played in Europe three days back in the WNBA, four days back to Europe. And the men, they're, they play over a hundred games a year. They're gone all the time. Right. Well, and well, you said something earlier too, and I've talked to Wesley, but it's a business people. Business. Like you're going to work now. Is it a fun job? Is it a, does it have fringe benefit? Absolutely. And you get paid compensated for it really pretty well. Yes. But, but you can lose your job from it too. If you're not doing it. Very well. <laughs> right. If you don't produce. You're gone. Yeah, You're gone. Right. Right. I don't think people. So, so tell me the process of writing a book. How did that work? Uh, well, I wrote the book. I didn't just sit down and write a book. I wrote okay. this book 15 years ago and it started out journaling. I started out journaling. Just, I was in Europe and one of the first things you learn when you go to Europe to play is you have a lot of time by yourself, a lot of time with your own thoughts. Okay. A lot of the things you start to think about your life and, and all these different things. And I just started writing things down, good things that happened to me, bad things that happened to me. And I just felt a whole sense of release after that. So I've got all these things together and I had a friend that wrote for the Amsterdam News in New York, and her name's Lois Elfman. And I emailed it to her and I said, what do you think about this, Lois? She read it and she said, Crystal, that would be a fantastic book. You got to organize it, though, because it was very unorganized. It was just thoughts. 
So that's how the book came about. And then 15 years later, I decided uh, to publish it uh, just because it tells a lot about my family, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think so many of us are just ashamed of things that we shouldn't be ashamed of. Who doesn't have problems? Who doesn't go through things? Um, and we spend a lot of our time hiding those things. And as a kid, that's what I did. And as an adult, I just, you know, I, I figured my story could help people and help them say, you know, you're not alone and you can go through just about whatever. If you really want to make it to where you're going, you can still get there. I love that. So is it, okay, so a couple things. First of all, I'm assuming it's everywhere where books are sold. Amazon, you can get Amazon. it on amazon.com. Okay. Yeah. okay, so I will put a, I will put that down in the show notes for when, for people mm -hmm. listening. That's the first thing. Second thing, do you is did you read the book? Did you do the audible part of it? What do you mean that I read it? Did you um did you do um uh um oh a is book, it a is book it on a, tape kind of thing? Oh, no, we haven't we haven't we haven't got that yet. That is our next thing. Right now we're okay. getting in all of the major bookstores. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. On Audible after that. Yeah. Okay. No, that that's what I'm saying. Cause I self-published. I, huh? I self-published because any all the publishing companies wanted to give me pennies and then take all of the percentages. Oh, it's, so, it's crazy. Publishing is like, we could do a whole podcast on publishing. It's a crazy. Yeah. So I've self-published. So it was, it's a, a little, great, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, okay. So I will put that out, but no, what, well, the reason I asked that is I, I love reading, but I'm getting older and I read now and I fall asleep. So I, <laughs> I tend Look, to listen I, to books a lot. I um, promise you this. If you read my book and you fall asleep, I'll come and do whatever kind of clinic you want and bring along a, a really high profile pile pal because everyone has read this book has read it in one sitting and they say they laughed they cried they related uh so if you if you get that book and you read it and you fall asleep don't read it while it, you're in the bed though don't read yeah, it while so you're that's the problem is I, read, I that's the problem is i read right before i go to bed and it's like well, that's your sleeping mechanism it is it is it actually it is one of those things but um i will i will i'm gonna definitely get it and uh, i will put that down in the show notes um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you through what I referred to as my rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of really quick questions. Some of okay. them will be quick. Some will be not as quick. What's your favorite brand of basketball, the actual ball you play with body and why I like the way it feels in your hands, uh, that, and it comes off your fingers a little different Okay. The cushiony balls that have just a little cushion in them. I like those balls. They, they, you feel them. I feel them better in a way. Yeah. I, everyone that I've interviewed, that's a player. It's all about feel. It's all yeah. about feel. And now from, yeah, I know. Slick um, balls like the NBA ball, the spalling ball is really it, slick. Like if you grab that ball, if you catch it, it's hard and slick. It don't stick to your fingers. It slips off your fingers a little bit. Yeah, I know. And shooters want, yeah, I yeah, know. I want that that little stick. I want it to stick to my fingers right till I gets ready to leave. I don't want it slipping because then I right. don't know where it's going. Because especially if you're sweating and all that, it's like I, yeah. I 100 percent agree. One word to describe your ideal player. Uh defensive minded. Okay. One sporting event. If you go to one sporting event in the world, what would it be? Wimbledon. I played tennis in college also. I've never been to Wimbledon. I was actually in London when Wimbledon was going on. I wish we'd have gone. Um, your favorite pregame or postgame meal? Uh, I probably, I'm very, very routine. So it'd be pasta and chicken. Like, I don't think I ever really broke that. And I was superstitious too. Like, not to Jackie Styles, 
level of superstition. Anybody knows her, like, if she tied her shoes a certain way, she would tie it 3,000 times before the game that way. Like, she had to do things the day before exactly how she did them. Like, but I usually just stick with pasta and chicken. It's just okay. easy. I don't think superstitions are bad. I always say they're about routine, not superstitions. But um, what's one thing you do to relax? Uh, ooh -wee. That's something I really need to work on. I don't really <laughs> much, but uh, probably I'd say spend time with my family is probably the most relaxed I am. Okay. Um, one coaching technique you think is important? don't yell all the time. And I had to learn that. I think I almost gave myself an aneurysm when, as a young coach, because you don't know how to, I didn't understand. I couldn't do it myself. And my frustration level with them would be high because we practice it so much. And I just didn't understand why they couldn't get it. And right. I yelled a lot and I yelled a lot. Now, when you're playing, working with really high profile driven athletes, yelling at them, don't bother them because they're already beating themselves up. Right. But the kids that you really need to get the most out of yelling sends them into a shell. I learned to stop yelling. That's the best thing I learned. I think. Well, I mean, he, he, here's what I tell, would tell the young coaches that are listening too is like, they'll tune you out. If you're always yelling at them, it's from yeah. a parent. Yeah. They just, just stop listening to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. they just tune you out. So when, when I, I mean, I could probably on one hand, the number of times I yelled in the last season. And when I do, it's like their eyes are like the size of like saucers. It's like, like, whoa, coach is not happy. Like <laughs> it's more, it's more effective when you do it less. I have it a is. lot of looks. Some people, I just look at them like with this look like, why did you do that? And they're like, oh gosh, coach is looking at me crazy. That's my first warning. Like, I don't even get it, but I'm not going to say nothing about it. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let it slide. I know. The nonverbal stuff's great. I We still, in our gym, we still have bleachers, which are like the old ones. And I'll I'll put my left heel into the bleacher and just kick it. I won't even say anything. I'll just kick it. And they'll hear the bleacher and they'll go, oh, crap, coach is mad. I won't even say anything. Yeah. <laughs> no. They turn it over. I'll whack the bleachers with the back of I'll be sitting down probably and like they just know that, oh, coach ain't happy. Oh. And they're in the locker room making fun of you too. That's what's so funny because I, uh, when I was in Seattle, like I walked in the locker room one time and they were all just, they didn't know I was even coming in there, but coaches to me, I think that's one of the things I do miss the most about playing is the locker room camaraderie. Like you always make fun of your coaches, like how they yell at you. And, you know, it's like, and it's so funny because I walked in on them doing that. Hey everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please subscribe, like, Jump up and down. Tell us how, how great we are with uh, Basketball Coach Unplugged, uh, wherever you listen to them, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast, Castify. There's all sorts of them. Anchor. Um, anyway, uh, we would love those. We read every one of those. Um, also, go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better. I'm challenging you right now. I, I would first of all challenge you there's not another membership site like ours where, you know, you, you can ask my members. You call you email, I will, I respond like that. Cause this is my, this is my thing. I, lo I love doing this. Um, also go over and check out our other podcast, uh, high school hoops with Jake and I once a week and teacher side gig. So especially for those teachers out there that are looking, you can hear other teachers that are doing similar things and, uh, keeping the, <laughs> keeping the lights on in their, in their houses. So let's head back to the podcast. Uh, funny story. Like they were making fun of me because the WNBA had put one of those things on their site of Sue Bird's first points in the WNBA. It was against me. 
Okay. I wasn't even guarding her. I was guarding the four. She comes off a pick and spoon yell switch and I take her and she scores, right? So they're all laughing about Sue Bird score. Oh, Sue did you, Sue did you? And they're all laughing and they all laugh. And I just sitting there and I said, when y'all get done, I got something to say. And they all got quiet and it's like, what you got to say? And I said, Sue was 22 when she was doing that to me. She's 40 and she's still doing it to you 22 year olds. So what does that say about you? And then Sue just <laughs> fell out laughing and the whole locker room went crazy. So, you know, and I think that as an assistant coach, you've got to have those, that kind of camaraderie. You'd be able to laugh at those things with yeah, it. Yeah, you know? I know. And for, and for the young coaches that are assistants, good. You need good cop, bad cop too. So you can yeah. have, definitely have a different relationship when you're the assistant. Um, it's like being that, it's like being the, um, it's like being the fun uncle. You can be the fun uncle. Cause you're not the parents that have to go, you know, the, the head coach or the parent. Um, Describe your perfect player in five words or less. Smart, hardworking, great vision, great leader, great shooter. <laughs> you, you can tell you're a shooter. I love that you did smart first. Um, best basketball player you have seen in person. Does it mean girl or boy? Does it matter? Doesn't matter. Uh... I can't ever say not LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron okay. and Enrique. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, that's, that's a lot to say because Diana Taurasi is probably my all time favorite player. Like, and I've played against her a lot and she's not anything fun to play against, but I just respect how good she is. But Enrique Agumbawale is still a different beast than Diana. Like okay. Enrique scores the ball. Not that, you know, Diana makes, and I would say, and their ability to make big shots is really close to each other. But Arike is just something different, a monster. And Diana is pretty unbelievably special herself. Yeah. I mean, I'm a stats teacher, so they're just, they're not normal. They're abnormal. They're, they're just so unique. that. The only, the, yeah. The only reason I would take Diana, because I am, I'm definitely a, a numbers person. Diana's consistency. She don't got to take, 30 shots to score 30 points. Rike is a volume score. When, Rike, right. when it's going for Rike, it's great. But when it ain't going for Rike, you better take her out and set her down because she ain't going to stop shooting. I, we had a game where Rike was 0 for 25. Press tore up. The next night, she was uh, like 13 for 20. Like, you know, right. she didn't waver. She just came back and played better. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what the good ones do. Um, who's the... Um... Who's the best player of all? Oh, I, I said, uh, what's your most basketball used resource? Other coaches. I have no problem with reaching out to other coaches. Like I have no, uh, I don't have an ego. All I, when you have an ego, you stop getting better. Yep. I don't care if I'm learning from a third grade coach or a pro coach. I reach out to other coaches. I have no problem with saying, Hey, I don't know that. Or I need help with this or can you help me or teach me this? I have no problem with that. I think Jay Pillis just said it on a, I think I just saw it on Twitter recently that he basically said some of the best high some of the best coaches in the world are at the high school or junior high level. Agreed. They just, they just don't get the notoriety variety of like the, you know, the big boys. And it's like, I, I can tell you, I could list off 10 high school coaches that are like crazy good, like that I know could coach at the, at the collegiate level easily. Oh, but, agreed. For, for whatever reason that they're not it's like um it's really you, on coach go ahead, sorry. No, no go ahead say, 
it really ain't coaching at the collegiate level. That's the problem. It's being able to deal with the Taliban rules and all of the NCAA stuff around coaching. Right. To me, men's basketball is uh, just going through this recruiting process with my nephew. It's a different beast. Oh, it's crazy. It, the, 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 the collegiate the level. Going on, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's just really insane. Yeah, if you walk into a men's AAU tournament and you walk into a women's AAU tournament, they're like night. I mean, literally, it's the oh, it's people uh, are chasing all this money. It's it's the money, to be honest with Jackson, you. These- uh, my nephew won the EYBL uh, sixteen or seventeen and under. He played for Team Griffin, and okay. you go to those games. You know, you got Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, all those guys are on the. You can't even get a seat in that place. Right. We go to one of those. That that is big, big business, big money. Big money. Big money. Big I always money. follow the money. I always say people follow the money. Um <laughs> do you uh best game you've seen in person? Best game I've seen in person. I've played one of the best games I played in. I didn't see it, but it was when Teaspoon made that shot. Teaspoon in the finals against the uh Houston Comets, she yep. made a shot from the three-point line on the other end of the basket, everybody. And when she did that, I scored 24 straight points by myself to get us back in that game. Spoon made that shot and nobody remembered I scored 24 straight points on Cheryl Swoops. Like, <laughs> and you know, that's a, that's a brag right there. Cause Cheryl was just an athletic fast. Long. Like she was just unlong. I mean, I'm, she's six, two, I'm five, 11. Like it, it was just a, a phenomenal game. Man. Um, favorite quote or saying? Uh, my favorite quote, and I, I've used this for uh, for a long time now, and I'm, I'm look, I'm, I just got to make sure I say it right. It's an excellence quote, uh, and it is excellence is the result of caring more than others. Th- more than others think wise, risking more than others think safe, dreaming more than others think practical, and expecting more than others think possible. Oh, I like that. All right, people listening, rewind. Hit the hit the 30 seconds back on the podcast and listen to that again. Um, let's see. Um, ooh, oh, wow. I think I'm just, I'm just, I'm about done here. One, one thing you tell your younger self. One thing my younger self it would be never let someone tell you you can't do anything follow your dreams and regardless of what anyone says put blinders on and go full speed ahead i always i I know i love that yeah Yeah. i think the saying is if you shoot for the stars you might land amongst the moon or something i would shoot for the yeah something like that that saying yeah i what I say is it's it, you live your true life is what I tell my students. It's like, don't live anyone else's. This is, don't be 70 years old and look back, live, live your true life, live, live your dreams. It's like, that's, and it's hard. With, and don't compare yourself to other people. I think that's one of the, the biggest things that I teach kids when I did teach school is that your success and their success is going to look completely different. Y'all are two different people with two different skill sets. He might right. be a professional athlete. You might be a doctor. You're successful in your own same ways, but don't judge yourself and your on other people's successes. 
I love that. So I have two questions left. Okay. One of them is one book you would recommend. We're I'm going to say it's finding myself. So you don't have to answer that one. So you go get coach's book. So uh -huh. I know you listed some other ones, but whatever. I think you listed Calhoun's book or what did yeah, you Yeah, the 17 Undisputable Laws of Teamwork. It comes with a workbook that I, I used at JUCO to uh, test it out. And it's just amazing to me to how many kids have not been actually really been exposed to some of that stuff and even goal building things. Like you learn exactly how much your kids know with 17 Undisputable Laws and where to start and what you need to build. It's a preseason read. So you learn a lot about them and their mindset on how they set goals and how they're motivated. And then it gives you a, a measuring stick. I love that. I might have to do that this season. Um, all right. So here's my, the last question I ask everyone on the podcast is what, what, if you could just give one bit of advice to, to the listeners that tend to be younger coaches, what, what would, what advice would you give a, a younger coach? Um, I would say ask as many questions as you can, have a, a growth mindset, don't have a fixed mindset because this game changes the ups and downs of it. It's just, and if you have a fixed mindset, you're going to be frustrated a lot, Yep. you know, and, um, and I would say uh, the more you don't be caught up in winning and losing. Like, especially if you're a younger coach in grade school, learn to build relationships. Be very intentional on building relationships because if you really want to lead somebody, you better have a relationship with them. That you can lead them in all situations. They trust you when it's good and when you have to be hard on them, they know you're doing it from a place of love. And, and you're going to have to get on your players and how they bounce, how quickly they bounce back is very dependent on how you give them that message. I mean, I don't, I don't really have much add to that. I, I, and I've said this more than once. You have to love them first, and they have to love you first if you're going to win. Like all the teams that I've been, all the state championships I've won, it's because they would literally run through a wall for me because they loved me, and I loved them too. I was doing everything I could to help them win. Um, it's, it is. It, to be honest with you, and I've said this, Coach. If you if you describe your favorite coach of all time, you're not going to describe X's and O's. You're going to describe how they made you feel. Exactly. Um, and you know you're doing it right as a coach when you get a team that wants to win for you. They just don't want to let coach down. They want coach to feel good. They, you know, you are coaching and you're giving those players, kids, grown ups, whatever that they need when they play for you from that place, you're giving them the right amount of love. You are, you are coach. Thank you so much thank for being you. on. I really appreciate it. This was great. Thank um, you for having me. Yep. And I will, I will make sure that we put finding myself down below so people can find that book. And then coach is going to coach is going to, I hope, hopefully you'll read it too. Cause you have yeah, a great, I have a good, look, I did TV like you. Boy, I know. I'm, that's like, I'm, I'm telling you, you sound, I mean, you, you have would, a great voice for it. I would love to listen to that. I couldn't be a hometown recruiter because you got to walk. I mean, commentator, you got to water it down. Your job is to make the team look good. And I feel like it hurt my credibility when they were just doing dumb things and I had to try to make it look good. <laughs> I know my, my partner would be like, 
say something and I would push the button so they couldn't even I'm like what do you want me to say I don't have nothing positive to say right now like <laughs> there's they suck man I can't say anything who lets Diana Taurasi have 13 open threes and thinks she's gonna miss them like uh we that was when the the, the Dallas Wings used to be the Tulsa Shock and they hired Nolan Richardson and Nolan didn't believe in scouting in the pro oh. like he's like I was like okay Nolan yeah. but you might you might want to do that. That might be a good idea. Hey, Coach, thank you so much for coming on. I Thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you love it and you want to support us, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial as we talk. Subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Those Apple podcasts mean a lot to us. I read every one of them. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.